Relevant content for our members by our members. This is TMC Connect. All right. Well, welcome to TMC Connect. I'm Tony Bramley. I'm the Director of Business Development here at the Mortgage Collaborative. Uh, Thanks so much for stopping by today. We've got a great session for you from our partners at Kuranos. Um, We are going to be talking today about purchase loan growth by market. Know your opportunity. Um, Alex Jacobson and John Sayer are going to be uh, talking us through this um, session. So, hey, Alex. Hey, John. How are you all today? Good. How are you doing, honey? All good. Thank you. Excellent. Awesome. Um, well, just a little bit, um, it's kind of some ground rules before we get started. This is a webinar, so um, everybody in the audience, you guys are on mute, uh, but we do want it to be engaging. So please um, drop your questions um, into the chat or the Q&A, and um, Alex and John will be taking those as they go through the uh, as they go through the slides. Um, and then tomorrow, there'll be a follow-up email that comes out. It'll have a link to the video for this session, um, as well as um, Alex is going to be sharing the deck that she's um, going to be talking about. So we really do appreciate you guys being here. And uh, without further ado, um, Alex, I will turn it over to you. Yeah, thank you, Tony. Um, so yeah, we'll just start with some quick introductions on our side. Um, as said, my name is Alex Jacobson. I'm a senior market analyst over here at Kiranos. Um, My background and kind of my, my specialty really all, all around is in mortgage overall. Um, backgrounds in capital markets. And I've been with Kiranos um, for about, I think, three years at this point, um, really helping clients make the most of our data um, and, you know, doing internal analysis as well um, so that we can kind of stay on top of, of market trends as, as they come and as we see them. Um, and also I'd like to introduce John Sayer, VP of Client Success. Um, John, do you want to give a bit of background about yourself? Sure. As well? Thanks, Alex. And uh, thanks, Tony. Uh, great to be uh, along here with the TMC crew and any special guests that have joined. Uh, John Sayre here, I've been with the company about seven years. My background, predominantly secondary marketing. I run our business development and customer management. I should mention I'm not on video today. Sorry about that. Uh, I am wearing the jacket for the occasion, so you could just imagine, but I uh, can't do video today. So uh, happy to join nonetheless. And want for those that don't know, Kiranos, want to give you just a 10-second um, uh, background. Uh, Some may know the Informa uh, brand, the Icon brand, the Novantis brand. All three of those brands brought together under the Kirinos brand and name. And uh, we just hit our two-year anniversary under the Kirinos name. So we're thrilled about that. Uh, What we do, uh, what do we do and why should you care? Uh, Pricing data um, every day. uh, Getting data across all banking products. We're going to focus on mortgage here. Um, uh, today, uh, that's to help the lenders understand their price position. How are you positioned in the market? And then our comparative analytics, which you'll see a whole bunch of here in a bit, which helps under lenders understand their performance. And then uh, optimization. So how do you optimize price across your products and, and markets? Uh, we do deal with hundreds of financial institutions across the country. Uh, 42 of the top 50 mortgage lenders are clients. Uh, we've been doing this for decades um, and uh, count many of you here on the call as clients. So we appreciate uh, that greatly. 
what people might not know is the scope of some of the things we do. We won't get into all this, but uh, one of the big hot topics lately, obviously, has been deposits. Uh, so we're actually doing everything across the bank and credit union balance sheets, uh, which would include lending and deposits. And then um, uh, we will focus here on um, our pricing data for mortgage and also our origination data uh, for mortgage. Uh, so we'll start to kind of get kicked off into the, the meat of, of the slides today. Um, so we just wanted to start off by basically setting level setting kind of the the current market landscape. Um, I think a lot of the, I guess a lot of what we go over today can be summarized, you know, by that there is a silver lining. Um, you know, I think we constantly hear about a lot of the the challenges the market faces. Um, but you know, say we'll kind of go through a handful of those bright spots and kind of like the title says, the areas of opportunity overall. Um, so obviously one of the big challenges that, you know, faces borrowers in the market and obviously therefore, you know, faces uh, originators in the market is, is affordability. Um, so grabbed this, this visual, not, not from our data, um, but, you know, just to illustrate how, how much affordability has become a challenge in recent years. Um, I, I want to say, you know, it's been deteriorating since, you know, 2019 um, and currently is at, you know, levels circa 2007. You can see kind of at the right hand side of, of the visual that there, there has been a little bit of relief um, in the last couple months, couple quarters, um, but it, it's still at, you know, extremely kind of critical levels um, in terms of, of that scale of affordability. Now, a couple of things impacting, you know, affordability overall. Um, I, I think the two biggest that we'll focus on today being the the price changes, so the actual um, price of the inventory in the market, and then also, you know, mo more recently, uh, I guess in the last year recently, um, interest rate changes as well. And you know, the two of those combined, you can kind of see between the on the right hand side of that chart, um, the the red and the blue. Um, combined that, that that really surmounts to the majority of the the affordability challenges that that borrowers are seeing in the market. Um, it's interesting, you know, as as rates were so low in years prior, that started to really run up the the prices we saw in the market. Um, just because you know, obviously, supply is still limited um, and continues to be so. Um, but as you know, rates started to to increase. Prices remained high, and that that really, you know, like I said, has been a been a compounding issue in, in the market that we've seen so far. Um, and then the the last kind of piece of bad news, I think, before we we start to get into some of those areas of opportunity, overall, um, at at the start of the year, I think there was a pretty unilateral negative outlook, um, you know, for the for the year ahead. So I, you can see that the vast majority of these surveyed here. Um, so kind of surveyed the as of January. So as you know, as of when rates were still at, at pretty high peaks. Um, it, it was a, you know, like I said, nearly unilateral um negative outlook in the market. Um, you know, with the with the train of thought that that home prices were going to decrease over the course of the year, you know, anywhere from the scale of down 21%. Um, you know, down 10 kind of seems to be in the middle. Um, and then there are a couple, a handful of um, optimistically charged, um, uh, you know, guesses for, for, for predictions for 2023. 
Um, it is a bit amusing that the realtor groups uh, think that prices will increase. I don't, I don't think they ever think they won't. Right. Uh, but uh, let's, let's hope they're right. Everyone uh, hopes for the best for their own business. Um, so now we'll start to kind of uh, trend into the the data that that Kiranos collects. Um, so just kind of as a, a again, kind of just touching on what we collect briefly. So we're going to be focusing today on pretty much our, our originations data as a whole. So we source data on a weekly basis, um, both you know, I guess all between apps, locks, and funds. Um, so although it's not day to day real time, I mean it's it's week to week real time, which um, I think in an ever-changing market like this is extremely valuable. Um, so it, the, the data you're seeing here is, is updated as of, um, I think, as of this past Sunday. Um, so it, it's really as real-time, um, I think, that it, that it gets overall, you know, um, compared to various other indexes in the market. Um, now, in terms of what we're looking at here, um, we have two aspects. We're looking on the left, looking at kind of rate trends over the last decade, um, and you can see, you know, for the majority of this period, they were hovering really between three and a half, four, maybe four and a half percent. And over that time, you know, home prices were steadily ticking up, right? You know, anywhere between, I guess, if we start off this time period at, you know, Q1 of 2013, it was just about $300,000 was the ad- average um, cost of a, of a home purchased in the U.S., um, fast forward to, I think that's Q1, I have called out of 2019, um, you know, when rates were still kind of at that, that, that normal, um, between that normal threshold, home prices had crept up to 380,000. Um, but then really, as we started to see rates plummet throughout 2019, 2020, um, and, you know, kind of a little bit into 2021, um, home prices ran up, you know, to at a much faster rate than they had in, in years prior. Um, and so, you know, that I think that brings us to the last couple quarters. Although we did see some purchase price relief or some purchase price drops throughout last year. And I think a lot of that can be attributed to just the, you know, maybe like a, a tipping point in how high rates got, uh, you know, that, that started to kind of bleed into the purchase prices of the market. Um, we have started to see some some recovery in the last um, in the last two two or so quarters. So you know Q1 of this year, and then into you know Q2 you know to date, um, you know we've seen home purchase prices creep all the way up to five hundred and twenty six thousand. That's that's on average. And so like John said, we capture I think fifty five percent of the market overall. Um, so you know that's between all, all, across all products, conforming, non conforming, govy. Um, and you know, I think speaks speaks quite you know speaks volumes to um, the yeah the the state of the market overall. Now now getting into I think some of the the additional bright spots that we'll be touching on today. Um, so this this map is comparing you know twenty twenty three year to date versus the full year twenty twenty two, and is looking at how we've seen purchase price change across the country. I think it's pretty interesting. There is, there does seem to be quite the divide throughout the middle of the country, you know, where we've seen home purchase prices start to decrease versus start to increase. Um, and again, this is between all products, um, you know, and, and so I think this does start to kind of bring out some of the the trends um, in, in markets overall. Um, you know, I think particularly that that South 
Southeast has seen a lot of um, material home price growth um, in, in the last you know couple months compared to last year as, in, as a whole. And I would just uh, share here again what Alex mentioned that this data is real-time data. It's not like the Case-Shiller Index, which is backwards looking. We're actually looking at applications, rate locks, and funded loan information in almost real time. And again, this is sourced directly from mortgage lenders representing over half the market. So what you're seeing here is a proprietary data set that really won't catch up. The, the standard market measurements won't catch up to this data for months yet. Yeah, thank you for that clarification. Now, if we start to bring um, or start to break up that, that visual that we're looking at and aggregated by all products, you know, by products, we can definitely start to see um, even, you know, more exaggerated delineations in um, in where there has been purchase price growth. I think the, the thing to take away from, from this um, government, government loans basically unilaterally across the country, I mean, with the exception of it looks like three or so states. Um, saw home price growth, you know, throughout the year. And if you look at that compared to conforming, yes, the majority of conforming, I think, saw that that purchase price growth as well. But what this tells me is that, you know, there has been kind of a new flock of borrowers coming into government loans um, to solve for a lot of those affordability challenges. Because, you know, in theory, since the um, the loan limits are the same between Gubby and conforming, you would think that they they more or less grow at the same rate. But, you know, I, I think that these maps are kind of contrasting these maps, tell the story that, you know, we do see a lot more, um, you know, more higher loan amounts, um, not high per se, but higher loan amounts um, trickling into, into that Gubby space, again, to, to solve a lot of those affordability issues um, that borrowers are, are uh, surmounted with. Um, and so that that leads in us into kind of one of the the overarching opportunities that that we see within the market, and that that really is government lending as a whole. Um, so benefits to the borrower, um, you know, allows for smaller down payments, you know, and again, kind of all of this is based off of the data that that we aggregate. And so it is, you know, I think 2023 year to date, so very real time. You know, we've seen the average LTV of government loans at 96 compared to 81 for conforming. Um, you know, obviously Govy allows for um, lower credit scores. Um, so that that again expands the the ability or kind of the, the affordability um, to to more borrowers overall. Um, so kind of more more room, more population um, you know, available to to grow in, in Govy lending. Um, we see a higher resulting DTIs um, in Gubby as well. I think I just saw the headline this afternoon that the that conforming did away or the the FHA FHFA did away with the um, proposed DTI um, the proposed DTI LPAs. Um, but I still think this speaks to just the the, the deviation and, and the the lending habits between the two programs. Um, another thing that we'll touch on quite a bit or in, in a bit, um, is that Gobi lending is, is extremely first-time homebuyer friendly. So first-time homebuyers are 50 percent more likely to select a Gobi loan, um, than a non-government-based loan. Um, and then, you know, even TTI changes aside, recent, the recent forming LPA changes, 
actually had a negative pricing impact on 44% of purchase-oriented borrowers. Um, so kind of overwhelmingly, you know, just kind of made um, the, the the product, you know, slightly less affordable. And then kind of, again, making Debbie a, a place to turn um, for a source of affordability in the market. Um, and then two other points to touch on. Um, the average loan size that we're seeing in government is is quite close to that of conforming. And they're actually within $10,000 of each other at, at the moment. And kind of just as an interesting aside, um, we were seeing that the loan amount of refi production um, for government loans is actually higher than that for the conforming counterpart. Now that doesn't control for, you know, uh, FICO, LTV, any of that, but kind of just as a baseline, I think that it really speaks to, um, you know, a lot of borrowers, again, turning to to government loans um, to solve a lot of the affordability solutions. Um, and then lastly, you know, that they recently reduced MI as equated to a savings of about, you know, just really just under $1,000 a year for, for borrowers, which is not an unsubstantial amount, um, you know, again, kind of to, to face a lot of those affordability concerns that we're seeing in the market. Hey, Alex, there's a question um, mm -hmm. for Alex or John. Do you think that there is a correlation of government business paying higher yields to lenders than conventional, leading to the increased uh, lending in those categories? Yeah, actually, the next next slide that we have gets into uh, what we're seeing from a rate perspective, and uh, we'll we'll hit that. And then in terms of margins, I think uh, that could be part of the question as well, and I could I could address that as well. Uh, on the left side here, uh, Tony, as you can see, the conforming average locked rate. And again, we have hundreds of thousands of transactions that we're tracking here. I think about two trillion dollars in two thousand twenty one. As a high water mark, but the conforming 30-year fixed there in black, FHA 30-year fixed in bright blue, VA 30-year fixed in uh, light blue, if you will, aqua. Um, conforming and FHA tracking uh, pretty closely together till you get to the Q3 2022 when you start to see some divergence. Um, and then uh, VA consistently uh, a lower rate for obvious reasons. Um, the right side actually shows the spread. So I'll just focus on that bright blue line where uh, below the line, that 0% uh, where they would have been equal, which they were for a handful of years, you now see uh, uh, government loans about 30 basis points uh, at the end of the day through conventional rates. A number of factors that play into all that, loan level price adjustments and the MIP and, and all the rest of it. Um, but we are seeing a, a greater um, uh, execution towards Govy. Traditionally, lenders to the question there have made a little more margin in the government space, but it is a riskier um, you know, area to lend in, right? Um, holding that servicing and some of the issues around that. But um, we have seen a, a substantial um, improvement in the government execution relative to conventional here. This slide here, uh, what we're looking at is uh, just the mix of government lending as a percentage of the purchase market. Again, we took all the refi loans out of here. Uh, 18 to 21% the latest year over year uh, view, uh, but that is accelerating. So uh, uh, 
Alex is going to get into some of the uh, details around that acceleration at a state level, which I think will be really interesting. Um, so yeah, like, like John said, kind of breaking out where we've seen this acceleration, you know, between different states. So on the left, uh, on the left map, we're looking at the average loan size change um, year over year, and then on the right, we're looking. Um, at that average concentration change in, in year over year. Um, so, sorry, the screen's a little bit small. Um, but yeah, I think this this really speaks to the fact that, you know, in, again, I want to say, you know, maybe 49 or so out of, out of the 50 states plus one for DC represented here, um, you, that there has been pretty much just a, you know, an increase in, in Govy lending overall. Um, you know, you can kind of particularly see that across this, the Southern half of the, the U S you know, with Nebraska certainly sticking out, but I think there, um, you know, a handful of loans kind of in, in Nebraska origination kind of might make the difference, um, year over year for, for that growth, but you can really kind of see just the more saturated blue, um, really across the whole southern portion, kind of even particular the southwest um, of of the U.S. Um, as kind of big hotspots for for again that that gubby growth. Now it doesn't necessarily seem to correlate all that much to the areas where we've seen that that loan size change year over year. Um, but again, I think that that still speaks to the the affordability um, piece that that uh, government lending um, seems to be solving for. Um, now in terms of kind of the biggest states that we've seen, you know, this Govy lending increase in, um, now I, I did kind of filter for kind of some, some larger states making up at least kind of 1% of the market overall. That's why you're not seeing kind of a, a Nebraska represented right here. Um, but, you know, Texas, for example, has increased, um, their relative share of, of, um, Covey loans by 6% year over year, you know, in Texas, that, that's some ab absolutely huge sh shifts in, um, in the, the market composition overall. Tennessee saw 5% growth, um, you know, South Carolina 4.6, Florida 4, and then North Carolina 3. So again, you can kind of see a lot of that concentration along the, the southern half of the U.S. Um, and, you know, to an extent, uh, Southwest uh, as well. Um, and then I did just touch on some of the states where we actually saw Govy lending decline as a percent of total production. Even those declines, you know, are, and actually there's only, you know, out of the top five states, there was only, you know, one state that, or one out of the five actually um, still even increased in, in Govy production lending. Um, but even those kind of that that actually declined their percentage, um, it's it's quite minimal, like right less than a, less than one percent for Michigan, um, which had the the largest drop that we saw. Um, so you know, even in you know the the dark spots, even in the cloudy areas, it's you know I, I still think some some sun is is peeking through in the market overall. Um, so kind of tying back to one of the portions I touched on kind of in that, that benefits of Gubby lending, um, you know, to full encompass the, the lending overall, um, is, is first time home buyers, um, as a percent of the market. Um, so we've actually seen first time home buyers grow their relative share in the market. Um, you know, you know, from 20% in 2018, 
all the way up to almost a third of the market this year. Um, and again, this is looking at percent of the, the purchase market. And so it's pretty much seen a consistent growth with maybe a little bit of a drop in 2020, 2021. But I think that's more a result of everyone else flocking to the purchase market. Um, and so kind of just drowning out that first-time home buyer, um, that first-time home buyer share. But that I mean, you know, I, almost a third of the market is, is an absolutely huge concentration. And then if you look to the fact that first-time home buyers are, are two times more likely um, to have a Gubby loan or to get a Gubby loan than their non-first-time home buyer counterparts, um, I, again, I think that really speaks to the the two kind of it's two aspects of first-time home buyers and government lending really going hand in hand. Um, and then kind of almost as an as an aside, which I think is really interesting, 43% of all government loans are originated to, to first-time home buyers. And again, this is all kind of based off of the, the weekly data that, that we capture. Um, so I, I think those kind of the the differences in, in lending habits between first-time home buyers and non. Um, certainly makes sense when you I think you you think about the um, you know the the looser LTV criteria uh, lower FICO criteria, um, but you know it, it still is a an ever growing part of the market both between first time home buyers um, and government lending, and so I think between those two are are some really bright opportunities in the market overall. Um, and then lastly, kind of just layering in, you know, where are we seeing this first-time home buyer growth? Um, so, you know, on, on the left, you can kind of see the overall first-time home buyer, or sorry, on the right, you can see the first-time home buyer concentration um, as a percent of that market. On the left, it's kind of where that concentration is changing. So maybe where first-time home buyers are are flocking towards. Um, so you can see kind of the Midwest, you know, more or less revealing itself as a, as a hotspot for first-time homebuyers with three out of the five fastest growing markets in the Midwest. Um, New Mexico also really stands out as um, an area of growth for first-time homebuyers. And then, you know, alternatively, when we look at just the, the relative concentration of first-time homebuyers in the market, I think it's pretty astonishing that in Texas, they make up I'll say almost 40% of the market. Um, you know, New Mexico, again, the screen's kind of small, 39% of the market. Um, so yeah, I think some some truly astonishing numbers when you kind of put it put that into perspective. Um, and so I, I think that really kind of just leads into, you know, several opportunities for for growth um that 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 we've been seeing lately. Um, and just to, to tie it all together, um, so, you know, I guess as a kind of synopsis, you know, despite what I think a lot of, of analysts and people were saying to, to start off the year, it was a lot of negative outlook. I think that incremental rate relief that we got at the beginning of the year, you know, even if it is going to be short-lived, I, I think that has done quite a bit for that purchase price growth that we've seen um, continuing in the market. So. Obviously, no one knows if, if rates are going to continue to kind of stay lower or kind of elevate again, um, you know, but but I think borrowers are really taking advantage of any even small incremental rate drop um, that they've seen in the market um, to, to get into 
um, you know, solve some sort of affordability equation, you know, while while they, you know, still still can, I suppose. Um, and then in terms of like, you know, the market opportunities we're seeing to, to again to solve for a lot of those affordability challenges, Govy loans are, you know, becoming uh, an ever popular um, source for that relief. Um, and again, compounding on that, you know, first time home buyers. Um, you know, their, their share in the market is growing overall, again, particularly in gummy lending. So I think between those two items and kind of between the different geography breakouts that we've seen, um, hopefully, you know, you have your, your, your gears are turning for different areas of opportunity, um, you know, to grow your own business in these markets. Um, and, you know, certainly don't, you know, don't feel afraid to reach out to, to John or myself. Um, if you have any follow-up questions, if you want to learn more, you know, have questions about anything you saw today. Um, and, and as Tony said, um, we'll be sending the deck um, your way after um, to, to review. Um, again, yeah, feel free to reach out with any follow-up questions that come with that. Um, that's all I have for today. Thank you, everyone, for hopping on. Thanks, everyone, for your time. Thank you, Alex. Thank you, John. Thanks for um, all the information. And uh, it's just amazing, just the visual supply and demand um, from one of those slides where, you know, the the supply was low, but the demand was high. And those the numbers, uh, the value for those properties just went up exponentially. It's just mm-hmm. such a so visual to be able to see that um, on your graph. So, so thank you so much for for the information and for sharing this. Um, uh, like Alex said, we will be providing the deck um, in a follow up email tomorrow, and we appreciate all of your time today. So, uh, thanks for stopping by. Come back to TMC Connect for more um, information and more uh, sessions. And uh, until then, everybody have a great week. Thank thanks you. So thanks all. Bye. Bye. For more information about how you can get involved with TMC Connect and witness the power of the network firsthand, please visit us at mortgagecollaborative.com.